6 of Cadence Craft Collector. I'm Louise and today I have got a blather with measure, what to crack, swap section, me 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 section and a very long dram section with loads of whiskies so you may wish to listen to this in two chunks if you listen to the drams at all. This episode is dedicated to the memory of my lovely textile artist Celia who very sadly lost her battle with pancreatic cancer in the past fortnight. This episode is kindly sponsored for my lovely, lovely friend, Angela. Scotch Tweed is a small family textiles firm based in the Scottish Borders. Run by Angela with a huge amount of technical and know-how support from her dad, Gerald, they have a wealth of experience in the weaving and textile trade, over 58 years to be exact. Their aim is to bring top-quality tartan and tweed fabric, along with other Scottish goods and apparel, including their beautiful Highland wear, to their customers at the best possible value. Angela is happy to speak to anyone at any time in regards to the requirements. If you cannot see what you are looking for on the website, do give her a call. The number is on the website, which is www.scotchtweed.co.uk and is a UK free phone number. What more do you want? To help support the podcast, here it is, here's more that you want, Angela has provided a discount code for listeners, so quote CCC podcast at checkout to receive a 10% discount anytime. The links are with the show notes, so get your cup of tea or your dram and I'll let you know what crack is in Caithness this week. Now for the blazer. The blazer. Measurement. This blazer... Blazer? <laughs> That's measure and blazer at the same time. This blazer has come about as I have a tape measure that is wrong. What do you mean it's wrong? Did it choose pure alpaca for sleeves? Or use loosely spun cashmere for socks? Did it use a jeans needle for stretch cotton? Or polyester thread for cotton quilt? Or tip up to Rhinebeck a week late? No. I was using it to measure something I was knitting and it was taking forever. I got to 13 inches, the pattern said, and I was knit, 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 on my jumper the whole day through. That doesn't quite fit in. Measure. No. Knit, 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 what we like to do again. Measure. No. Oh, goodness, this is taking forever. I shall never find the diamonds enough. And then I measured using the centimetre side and it said 35 and I thought, eh? hold on, check some Convert app, which if you don't have on your smartphone things, eh, the Convert app is very handy. 35 centimetres, 13.8 inches. I said, what? I'm past my 13 inches, but the inch size only sees 12.4. What? What is going on? It's a mystery. So... Here comes Scooby-Doo and his magical mystery machine gang who all ate the Scooby snacks in the house which is the bairns aren't happy about because that was our Halloween sweeties all gone. Velma gets another tape measure out and we compare and contrast to this one for centimetres. It is correct. Like for lack, like 2.54 centimetres to one inch on my other tape measure. I then study the inches on this tape measure. It is wrong. It is coming up as one and three eighths an inch to the other tape measure. Velma then gets out another tape measure and a ruler just to check. This one was wrong. Well, there you go. I didn't know you could get such thing as a wrong tape measure. Mystery almost solved. Why it is wrong is something that Scooby and his gang have gone to find out. I may not see them for a while, which is fine because I've run out of Scooby snacks anyway. I contacted the person that I got the tape measure from and they were quite apologetic and said they would look into it. Then after doing some research, yes, believe it or not listeners, I do research for the podcast. I've actually got written down some 
research. <laughs> Emphasis on the sum. I realised that the tape measure was made in the Far East as there was a symbol that looked like Chinese writing on it or Far East symbols that I am not uh, understandable on because I'm very, very bad at languages. Much to my detriment, not to theirs. And it made me wonder, wonder if they have different measurements in China. Hmm. So listeners, a Chinese inch is 3.3 centimetres to one Chinese inch. I have a Chinese inch tape measure. I thought about phoning Scooby, but really, I don't have any more Scooby snacks, as I said, and he's only going to teach Buchel bad habits. And who needs them all running in and out of all the doors, followed by a ghosty? Plus, Richard actually can't stand Scrappy-Doo, even though he has a thing for Daphne. So I didn't. If you find them, can you let them know as they run up and down and tell them it's dopey in a mask? As he looks quite cute, but he's actually quite evil. Pesky dwarf. So I wondered, why is an inch an inch? Who decided and when? So I looked it up, yet more research. And I went to Encyclopedia Britannica. So this is to like quote from there. The British imperial system evolved from the thousands of Roman, Celtic, Anglo-Saxon and customary local units employed in the Middle Ages. Traditional names such as pound, foot, gallon were widely used, but the values so designated varied from time, place, trade, product specifications and dozens of other requirements. Early royal standards established in force uniformity took the name Winchester, after the ancient capital of Britain, where the 10th century Saxon king, Edgar the Peaceable, kept a royal bushel measure and quite possibly others. 14th century statutes recorded a yard, perhaps based originally on a rod or stick, or three feet, each foot containing 12 inches, each inch equaling the length of three barleycorns. Uh, I don't know why, barleycorns? Employed merely as a learning device since the actual standard was the space between two marks on a yard bar. Are you asleep yet? Units of capacity and weight were also specified. In the late 15th century, King Henry VII reaffirmed the customary Winchester standards for capacity and length and distributed royal standards, physical embodiments in the approved units throughout the realm. This process was repeated about a century later in the reign of Queen Elizabeth I, her of the bad teeth. In the 16th century, the rod, 5.5 yards or 16.5 feet, was defined once again as a learning device and not as a standard, as the length of the left feet of 16 men lined up heel to toe as they emerged from church. That's a random way to do it. By the 17th century, usage and statute had established the acre rod furlong at their present values, 4,840 square yards, 16.5 feet and 660 feet respectively, together with other historic units. The several trade pounds in common use were reduced to just two, the troy pound primarily for precious metals and the pound avoyard dupus for other goods sold by weight. Avordupus, hmm, that'll be Latin or something. It then went into the Imperial System of Weights and Measures Act of 1824 and 1878. And no, uh, nope, I feel asleep. Why is it point to point? Because it is. Go fry your brain looking up that one. I didn't even go near the metric system because it's a whole different page, which I grew up with. And oh my, am I happy with 1 to 10 and repeat. Nice. But we might actually do metric another day. 
The whole exercise has left me with a desire to know more about everything, not just trust something instantly when it looks so innocent, but double check it is correct. Imagine if I'd ordered it to measure something important, like spaceships or power stations. Although it was nice being slightly thinner than poor for the old tummy for a while, oh, it has to be said, even though I'd still eaten the same amount of Scooby snacks, but the numbers told me otherwise. Now we need a giggle to make us smile for a second, so here is the Sandy and Daisy giggle. <laughs> section. A sandy hello to new to me, been with me a while now and been with me forever listeners. I very very much appreciate you tuning in and I hope that you are enjoying yourselves. A sandy hello to new group member SV Coot. Now random hellos are to JM Allen, Ivy Fox, Dr Molly, Beat19 and Linus Nitz, whom I got because they linked their new projects and stashed to the group when posting them on Ravelry. You too can get a shout out if you do this. If on the day when I'm writing the podcast that you're there. Also, hello to the hordes of the Knit Now magazines, uh, especially you, Big Karen, and also the hordes from Knitting Vicariously video podcast, so welcome in. I hope you are all very well, and if you're not, then please accept this here hug. Squeeze! What's a crack section? What's a crack? The true measure of a man or woman is how they treat someone who can do them absolutely no good. As you heard at the top of the show... My lovely friend Celia, who was one of the original textile artists, sadly lost her battle with cancer last week. And I'm going to tell you that I'm incredibly sad about this. She was a person who left the world better than she found it by her presence on the earth. She certainly left a legacy. She's very, very, very kind, both in her resources of gifts, time and company. She was extremely talented and crafty and had an amazing gift for the flower arranging. She won a national award for it and was a very modest person to boot because I only found that out when the minister read her obituary at the funeral. Celia never would have bragged about it. She maybe have mentioned it in passing, but she certainly wouldn't have brought it up. Her work will live on both in all the houses of her family and friends all over the globe, including my own, but also in the great tapestry of Scotland as she was the stitcher of the wee sheep and the Altnapara cross which adorns the Caithness schoolroom panel 1851. I had a wee look back at our blog, which is caithnesstexelartist.blogspot, which I must start adding to again, as I had a warm, fuzzy feeling looking back. The other measure I started with is to assess the importance, effect or value of something. You can do this numerically, I suppose, but I can't measure the amount I will miss my friend Celia. I just know it hurts very deeply just now. Rest in peace, my lovely, lovely friend. This is why I'm a week late, or... I say fortnightly I record, but again, it's been three weekly. And I actually have content, so let's get on with it. The drams this episode are quite long, being 45 minutes on top of the rest of the episode, so extra thanks for you tuning in. Feel free to clean out your cupboards, go wash your bathrooms, then your neighbour's bathroom, and then my bathroom whilst listening. (laughs) Or knit. Or keep running, Ellen. What's happening in the knitting world, then? Well, lots of you are at Yarnporium and Rhinebeck, Loch Ness Knit Fest, I trust you have suitably topped up your stashes of both friends, time, yarn and oceans. We don't just go to the festivals to buy the yarn, but to top up our love of the hobby, spend time with others who feel the same. Did anyone buy anything that they wish to share? Apart from you, Dunderlet. Seen all of that. It took me three loads of washing folding to get through her new stash. 
But then she's a prolific knitter who I will enjoy watching her working all the way through it. Oh yeah, I ran a marathon. Now we got whiskey as part of our goodie bag and we recorded drams, which there's six of them, so they're miniatures. We didn't drink six whole bottles of, well we did, they're just little bottles. The drams is quite low and I did think about splitting it a half and then thought, mm, no. And I'll tell you about the marathon in that section. You will hear us getting steadily tipsier in this section. And when I was editing, I laughed out loud a fair bit. I was there when it was recorded too. I know, I'm so... I'm so narcissistic. <laughs> Laughing at myself. One shout out for the marathon is to Instagram friend Steph Noble, who travelled up from Londonia way on the sleeper to run the half marathon and was there at the end. Bless her. She hugged me. Um... When I was just a mess. Steph, I'd love to chat when we were a bit more able to and congratulations on your very good time. Wovember is upon us. Well, it's not Wovember as we've been spoilt with for the past seven years, having loads and loads of woolly content for each day of November. But it's slightly different this year because the brilliant Louise Scully and the ingenious Felicity Ford have stepped back from the project. But there is still a picture a day that you can join with on an Instagram. There's a woolly knit along with Louise Tilbrook and plenty of other ways to big up using wool in November. Remember the reason for the season being wool, sheepy wool, not fibre from alpacas or llama llama ding dongs, Daisy calls them, or plants or even acrylic, sh but sheepies. Bah! Plenty of different types of sheepies you can use, so get into the woolly woolly time. I partook of the picture along last year and it was very interesting getting to you to think about how you interact with wool in the wool industry. I'm not doing it this year due to lack of emotional brainwaves, but I'm enjoying all your photos and blogs, so carry on like you were before. Some good news in that Toogie the tortoise was found. He was missing, dear listeners, and thankfully he's been found and it's about time for his hibernation. If you follow Knitting Tortoise on Instagram, you will see some lovely photos of Toogie the Tortoise. I love tortoises, but I don't think I'll ever own my own one, so this is how I get round it. <laughs> if you have your copy of Knit Now this month, have a flick through and see 5 Minutes with Me, 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 Me! A whole page of me. I actually wish I had better photos now, but... Well, it's very me, very honest. So hello, lovely new listeners from Knit Now. World War One Centenary. I really wanted to have the blather and a special episode for this, but I didn't know where to start. So, I will mention the hundreds and thousands of special memorials being displayed across the country this year from the Tower of London's flames, which is stunning. Keep an eye out for the Peter Jackson film They Shall Not Grow Old, where he's taken some actual footage from that time and digitally fixed it and put voices to it. Apparently, it's a masterpiece. It's been shown on Armistice Day, the 11th of November, at 9.30 on BBC Two, so tissues at the ready. And with it being 100 years since the end of World War One, I, I think it'll be quite a special time. Closer to home, there have been some beautiful displays in Caithness. Thurso Library has poppies in the quiet room where the net group have made a poppy for each of the names on the memorial in the library. I spend time in that room sometimes and I've read the memorial, so I'll hopefully get in to see it over the weekend. Finally, the Caithness Quilters have put together a thought-provoking memorial display in Pulteneytown Church foyer, and it's glass so you can see it as you drive past. 
and there's a wall of poppies and there's quilts and wall hangings and cushions. There's three ones that stand out, which are Shirley's one, which is the silhouette of a soldier across the immortal memory around the side. Also, Emily has made a huge wall hangering that is about the Eilir sinking, which is on the New Year's Day in 1919. There was a ship taking the Harris and Lewis men home from war. They hit a reef going into the harbour at Stornoway and 205 men lost their lives. It's really, really hard not to cry at. Also, finally, Celia had needle felted a beautiful field of poppies and framed it, and this was in commemoration of her Uncle John, who was killed in the Second World War. You're obviously going to be hard pushed to find anyone in the United Kingdom or Europe whose relations are not touched by the First World War. My own great-uncle James was lost on the first day of the Somme. And whilst war is terrible and only good for undertakers and weapon makers, I find it important to remember the sacrifice of those lost to brutality. I have a beautifully made poppy this year, made by Catherine, and I wear it to remember those that have gone before. At the going down of the sun, and in the morning, we will remember them. The swap section. Swap. The Christmas or winter decoration swap, you've got a few days yet. It's the 15th that I'm going to swap you's swap yous. I'm going to match these up to your swappy person and then you'll have to the 1st of December to post it out and it's to be either handmade or very nicely bought and a little treat of some kind be it a hot chocolate or a sweetie and a nice card just to explain things. The beaker section. Me 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 me. Me 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 section. Right, I've been doing a fair bit on my Juris Mittens, which is the fold-over flappy ones by Alex Winslow. I'm making these for Richard. It's using Aran weight and it's cashmere and cotton blend and I bought this at Perth Yarn Fest. And I'm using Knit Pick Zings in 3.25mm. I had forgotten to change up to the 3.25s and was still working on the 3mm. And then I got to the fingers and Richard kind of these big man paws. I thought, oh, I really have to go up to the 3.25 now. So I did. And it's kind of helped. So um, it did say do eight lines for the short fingers. But he wanted them to go a bit further up his fingers. So I did that. And I got a little bit confused with the pattern for the flappy part. Because at the bit where you start the flap, it says, now put in waist yarn. And then says, and do around. And I thought, well, do you just keep going around? But Oh, it's only a marker for later. I thought it was to keep all those stitches on waistline and not touch them for a while. So I got past that, did the fingers and the thumb, and they look all right. And there's a lot of ends to weave in, obviously. I used a Russian bind-off for the fingers, which was quite hard with them being very small needles. But I wanted to have a good stretch in the finger holes, so I persisted. I may be small, but I may be fierce. I'm halfway up the flap over part, which is longer now, <laughs> due to the longer fingers. But when it's flipped over inside out, it's going to be reverse stocking stitch, which will be showing, which I thought, oh. And then I thought, well, I'm not wearing them, and he won't care. So I've gone over that. I've slightly gone wrong too, because it said to only rib half the start of the flap. So I ribbed all the way around the flap. So, and it was rib, 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 rib. Dun, 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 not taking it out. So I love how the cotton cashmere knitted fabric is coming on and he is looking forward to getting them. 
However, I got sideswiped by some yarn in the post and the want to make them socks and also something that will become very clear in December when they come closer, the elves come back to the house. Now we are plagued by elf on the shelf. We currently have three of the wee mischievous types and you will see in my Instagram. But Daisy is currently getting read Sir Terry Pratchett's The Shepherd's Crown read to her, which has elves, not the elf on the shelf or the good ones. They're very, very not good. Uh, they have Knack McFagelson, which are blue picked seas. So, I think there might be a little bit of mayhem come December. Watch Instagram. Right. You can turn me back down again because I'm going to talk later. I wanted to make socks for my lovely friend Dorothy, who is extremely knit-worthy. I know she's size 6, that's UK, after a conversation from a couple of weeks ago. So I had a rummage in my stash and out came the Rose Dean Rylands, 100% pure wool in four-ply I had bought at the Meet the Shepherd Sunday part of the Edinburgh Yarn Fest. And I cast on vanilla sock using the knit-pick carbons, which are... Well, maybe a little bit too pointy for the yarn because it's, well, it's not tightly wound but I think it'll make really cosy socks and I asked the geniusness that is Louise Scully, do you think these will be good for socks? And she says, I think so. So, yeah. I'm still in the rib of the first sock again, which is rib, 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 rib on our sock the whole day through and I'll measure it when it gets to be an inch and a half, if not two inches. The only thing is, because it's pure wool, the lanolin is not, well, not totally out of it. So if I touch my face after, I react. So, not as in I react, jump up and down and do 50 star jumps. No, I, my skin kind of goes in its own skinny way and does 50 star jumps on my face and uh, it's itchy. So I have to be careful of that because uh, I'm allergic to lanolin in a way. It's okay currently on my hands. I do have dry hands with it winter coming in, but it's not really upsetting me too much. Um, don't think it is that. Anyway, I absolutely simply refuse to not be able to knit with this stuff. I'm hoping to have these done by the time we break up for Christmas, so I'll have to pull the stops out. It can be done. I also might have to add toes and heels with some stash yarn because I only managed to get one 50 gram ball because whilst I was there, there was plenty at the start. Then I was gassing to make us two lovely sisters and then it all of a sudden became a bit late in actually buying. They're really lovely people too of Rosedean Rylands and I like that I'm knitting with their wool for someone who is lovely too. It's a triangle of loveliness. Me being the other corner of the triangle. I haven't quite decided if we're an isosceles triangle or an equilateral triangle. Hmm. Moving on. <laughs> I have printed off a pattern to make a worsted weight hat with the Cormo that Nora sent me. It's really soft and it's a bonny light grey and I have a pretty pom-pom that will match. I have gone for the Penny Royal hat by Tracy Lambert and it has a zigzag lacy effect running around the crown. I've also printed off this Serena capelet by Rosie Purnell to knit as I just keep thinking about it. It's one of them that keeps coming back in my head. Was, you must knit me. I've got quite a few of them but this was one of them. In the post appeared a beautiful grass green four-ply in silk and merino, which is Mole View yarns, and they're in North Wales. And also with it, the lovely Diane, who gifted it to me, 
There was a gorgeous project bag and a set of stitch markers that she organised. Well, she made this, the project bag. Mum was admiring the project bag, Diane, and we look forward to welcoming you up to Keithness for the retreat next year. I think that the silk in the yarn will give the shawl a really lovely, worthy drape. I kind of want to make it for Joan of the textile artist because she's recently had an operation on her tendons on her hand and was sporting a not-so-gorgeous sling that I thought maybe the capelet might jazz it up. And plus she does have sometimes she gets a sore neck and this will keep it warm. The only problem, it says size 3.5mm needle and my long size 0.35mm needle is on my breathing space currently. I'm going to think about that this week and really I only have to get to the rip 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 all the jumper through which I think is not too far off because I only have three more stripes to go and it's just one colour then apparently it speeds up when you get to that. I have got DPNs for the sleeves so I could rattle through that and get the needle off or I could buy one and abandon ship with the breathing space which is really just plodding on. I'm actually very much a bit here and a bit there this week. There's no real brain power or emotional energy for putting the work in hard anywhere. Plus, I don't want to be too hard on myself, as self-care teaches us to be. We had our textile artist on Tuesday, which was, it was nice company and we needed to do it. I was crocheting blue things, of which I've mentioned earlier, regarding elf on shelf. <laughs> and Anne and Barbara were crocheting blankets. Anne had a funky granny square blanket that she's been making for years that has the jewel colours outlined in black. She picks up and down sporadically. And she says, I just grabbed it because it was kind of handy. Barbara had bought a Janie Crowfoot Persian... Persian? Aye. Persian tile blanket kit when she went down to the Ali Pali knit event and she was working hard on it. She had a big pile of things. She said, I've made one, but then I decided just to do the same colour on each tile and then get through a few more. And then, so I would do three rows because then you can remember the three rows on, say, about 10 tiles. She had her own system and it was quite interesting watching her. Dorothy was weaving the ends onto her Japanese printed embroidery. She said she's looking forward to finishing this, but she's not exactly sure what she's going to pick up. She has boxes and boxes of whips. <laughs> she says, I just need to open one of them. And I kind of says, well, I know it's like when you, you're doing something, you're doing something, you're doing something, and then all of a sudden you're finished and you think, what to do now? But it is delicious being able to start something new. Catherine was stitching embroidery and felt shapes onto a book cover. She was just using bits of leftover felt. A machine made felt for next year's diary and Valerie was unpicking a cardigan to repurpose the yarn. Uh, Anne was actually, had when I went in she was hand felting a piece of purple fleece and then she put some threads in and it became a piece of felt. And of course we all went, what are you doing? She says, well I'm making a button. She has, oh she's got a beautiful pair of hands in her arm. She has a jacket that she made out of a blanket. Now if you think blankets that are mustard coloured and they've got the piece of ribbon that goes round the edges of them. Well she saw one in a charity shop, she took it home and she washed it and she decided to make a jacket out of it because she's good that way. So then she needle felted some purple slubby wool down the side of the collars and then she said but it definitely needs two 
two, well, three buttons, a big one, and then one each on the lapels. So I says, oh, and Anne, you've been through all your needle, your buttons in your stash, and you can't find any that match, and you're not going to buy one, so you're actually just going to make a bit. I mean, that's, I don't know if I was being sarcastic, but I was kind of pointing out that we never just go and do it the easy way, do we? And she says, well, funnily enough, nothing in my button stash matches, and Anne has swallowed glass in Keithness. And she says, and I did think about making a glass button for it, but it would have been too heavy for it and inappropriate, so I've decided to do this. <laughs> to which she went then, I don't know if that bit's too good, I quite like that piece of felt. And I says, you're going to embroider on that now, weren't you? And she went, no, 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 I'm going to make the buttons. I says, right, well, you have to have it done by next week. And she went to me, she went, I write. <laughs> which is fine, because it made me smile. Speaking of smiling, we need to do that. Hiya, Tanya. I'm smiling at you. It's smiling at Tanya from TG Frog's section. Everyone smile at Tanya. Not in a creepy way, mind. She's just someone when you meet her, you smile. Like Catherine Limer. Oh, lovely Catherine Limer. If they come on a bus or the train or your retreat, you would be putting your hand up and going, Sit me. Actually, one of you listeners was in Yarnporium and did indeed go and smile at Tanya. But I can't find the comment now on Instagram because it only goes six days back. So I hope you had a wonderful time smiling at each other. In the library corner, I've taken a few books. A couple are Stuart McBride's Now We Are Dead and The Blood Road. Cheery, cheery, cheery. Both very, very good. If you like crime fiction and <laughs> quite dark humour, then do go look up these. They are the Logan McRae series and the Now We Are Dead one is very, very much based on the Roberta Steele character. <laughs> Very, very, very funny. I warn you, they might make you a little bit hungry, but they will make you laugh and also go, oh, because it's crime. <laughs> drams. Now, on to the drams this episode. If you're not into the drinking or the shoppy section, but th- then thank you for listening and I will catch you next episode because there's only the, blab- the shoppy section and the blah, blah, blah stuff after. If you are into the drinking, then stay tuned. This episode sees Richard and I drink six miniatures that we got from the marathon and I go through my experience of running the marathon a couple of weekends ago now. We're drumming, we're drumming, we're drumming, we're drumming, we're drumming, we're drumming. We hope you like drumming too. Hello. Welcome listeners to this episode of The Drums. Uh, this, this episode will be a quite a unique one because at the weekend I ran a marathon. And I know you're so afraid of when we it's tell your first listeners, one. but it was our first one. You should one. be proud. I am very proud. And at the end, we were gifted not only a Glen Cairn style glass with the Dramathon 2018 t-shirt. embossed on it, and t-shirt, and a medal, a funky wooden medal, some biscuits. Oh, Walker's biscuits, because that's Aberlour shortbread. We were given six miniatures each of various whiskies pretty much that sponsored the event and I said to Richard are we going to taste these in the order that we ran through with the sellers and he went nope I went what do you mean I've stuck them in all behind the computer screen and I'm going to fish them out in a random dram generator <laughs> so go on then Richard right dram number one dram number one Ooh. oh here we have in a little tub, tube thing, the Balvenie Double Wood 12-year-old. 
Ooh. I shall let you do the arty bit. Well, we've, um, we've done this before. Some of these whiskies, listeners, we actually have done before, previous, so... I was wondering there, because either that's one very small whiskey or you've got a really big hand. <laughs> it's a lovely little miniature, if you think about it. Um, it's pretty much what the normal size bottle cask would look like. I'm having a Father Ted moment here. <laughs> These drams are far away. These <laughs> drams are very close. So it is a cream case, lots of black writing, little bits of gold sometimes. I don't have my glasses on, so I'm going to have to struggle to see that. Five centiliters, which is 50 milliliters. I know these now. Right. Worked it all out. And it's 40% volume. And it will tell us somewhere here. Drink responsibly, people. We're not going to drink responsibly much. to be enjoyed responsibly. Yeah, we won't be doing that tonight. Bottle open? Yep. There's the little mini bottle. Oh, how cute is that? Okay, Richard. Right. Type of bottle, bog standard bottle, with the flute at the neck. Uh, what colour is in the bottle? I'm going to go Winnie the Pooh. So am I. Winnie the Pooh and Christopher Robin too. I don't care about Christopher Robin, but if he's coming too, he's bringing his own drums because I'm not a fan. Well, as long as Winnie the Pooh takes his friends. Yeah. Especially Tigger. Can't do a cork. Can't do a cork because they're all screwed up. So we'll do the angel sheer smell. I can't actually get that open. Don't know where I've mastered that trick. (laughs) Sweet. Mm, Very sweet. And sharp as well. That's the sherry. Mm Mm-hmm. Very nice. Right, goes into the glass. Colouring glass. Oh, it's darkened. Let's see, Winnie the Pooh's got a tan. Mm, well, it's the back end of summer, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And he's a manky little critter. Well, he has obviously been rolling around in order to eco wood. And he's got stuck in Rabbit's house again. He's getting. Take a little sip. That's because we're no proper whiskey connoisseurs. Are we? I've got years of experience under my belt. <laughs> Oh, it smells sharper when you release it. Release the hound, smithers. Sweet. Definitely get the sherry. Mm, yeah. I get that kind of sweet nougat-y kind of taste as well. From memory, you like this one more than me. Mm, I do like this one. So the area that this is from is Speyside. And I think we'll just do this once because they pretty much are all from my They're area. all Speyside and we're probably not going to be able to tell the difference between them all. This was the second last distillery we ran in, but it's right beside Glenfiddich. Is that that? I can't the, remember what that one was. Yeah, and that's I where can't. I got a hug from the marshal, because it was you came into the ground. <laughs> Do you know, I, I seen the distillery and I went, oh, not another good distillery. <laughs> and then I could see it was the na- neighbouring one to uh, Glenfiddich, and mm. I thought, hey, the end. <laughs> no, it was good. It was a good run. Really good. Well, Bulvenie stuck onto Dufftown. That's really sweet. We didn't actually get into Dufftown, did we? Not such, no. It's sweet. It's quite sharp. Oh, I like that. I do. Mm. It's quite a nice sort of aftertaste as well in the mouth. Well, the thing is, we normally have somebody around for a dram. Who are we going to have? have? A fictitious. I know who I'm having around for a dram. Right. Well, for a fictitious dram. So who are you having this time? Well, just something I was made aware of uh, quite early this evening. There was a lad from Norway who... It's called Joachim Ronberg, mm-hmm. and he was uh, one of the key. I think he's the last one. Well, he's, he's like the last of them to die, basically. And he was, but the, the heroes of Telemark were based on where they. Oh. He was basically a Norwegian resistance fighter, mm-hmm. and quite again understated, very modest man. And what he did was very key and pivotal to the turning to point of the turn, world, well, yeah. world too. 
a lot of history going for this guy as well. Oh well, I'm sure you maybe we like a, a wee dram. A wee dram Right. Okay. You're gonna would clean, you re- cleanse the mouth? Would you recommend that dram? Very much so. In fact, I'll swap my other five for another five uh, Balvenies. Oh, well, you can have my other Balvenie. Right. So moving on, listeners, to dram number two. Dram number two. The random dram generator. Oh, another boxed one. <laughs> Ooh. This is like taking Christmas presents out the, the sack. <laughs> Hello, right. Do you want to give a little... Right, we've got another little case as well. It's green and gold, and it's the Glenfiddich. Single malt scotch whiskey, aged 12 years. Same age as Sandy. Yes. And I can't read most of this, but it says oak tunes, something in French. Oh, cool. And fifth. 50 mils, 40% alcohol. Oh, that's slightly easier to read. And it's award winning, blah, 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 stuff. Is that really? It's oak. So I don't think it'll be too dissimilar to the Balvenie. Well, you never know. See, well, I, think, I don't actually understand how they could possibly get... Using s- different wood. Different. Using different woods. Because it's the same water that they're using. Using different woods for the barrels to age it in. All right, well, open up. Uh, Oh, she should also mention while I'm opening this up. So the bottle, oh, it's green. green. Forgotten about these. And it's triangular. This is a very, very familiar bottle for a lot of people. This is a very, very popular whiskey. It's got a stag embossed in gold, aged 12 years, lots of stuff and tiny little writing. I don't have my glasses on. But it's the signature malt and there's lots of stuff in French on it. Independent family distillers. Cool. Well, they've done pretty well for themselves. Is it another independent family one? That's what it says. Excellent. Can't open it. Hold on, let me use my oh worldly experience. That's, that's a lovely sound. Can you not put quite so much in for mine? Oh, we never did the colour. The colour in the bottle green. is green, so it's Kermit colour. This is oh. a new colour added to the collection. That's only because of the bottle. Mm-hmm. So we will tell you the colour in the glass now. Thank you, Sarge. I'd say that was one of the poo game. Uh, yeah, maybe a little bit lighter than the uh, Balvenie, but I have still, still very much one of the poo. Oh, look at that, look at the wee leggies hanging oh, in that. Oh, wee leggies in that. Right, that's a wee sniff. Oh, that's eh, very much a different smell. It is. I've got vanilla. Vanilla. Fruits. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's kind of registered in my brain because I read some of the, the pear notes and stuff. In the oh, side. pear. Yeah, it's one of them kind. Yeah, nice. right. Oh, that goes for the nose. Put some, it's quite floral. <laughs> Normally with listeners, it just tastes like whiskey, smells like whiskey, looks like whiskey, is whiskey. I'm getting better at this. Listen, listen. Making it up. You Sound gotta, like I know you what I'm talking about. Sh- you got to give the impression we know what we're talking about. Oh, it's Oh, look at that. It's all shimmery and everything. It's got a lot lighter. Oh, that's a lot more smoother than the tongue. I don't know what it tastes like. Light, much lighter. Much, much lighter. I would say it's not as much a, definitely not strong. No, it's not strong. flavour is the above any of it. It's nice, so very nice. I don't think it's got as much sugar feeling in it. You know that way that sherry casks give a sort of sugary, mm. don't know. Yeah, the vanilla, the fruit, definitely the fruit and maybe a bit of floral. So this is where we Actually. finished the Dramathon and then put ourselves back in the car. And it's a beautiful distillery. Mm. I got a, a nice hug off of... Uh, Emma Sutherland. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I'll have Emma for my dram. And Myra, her friend, who, yes, who took Emma finished. some tablet, but I didn't get any because I didn't see them. 
I think that's quite selfish of them. I got a hug off both of them. If I would have given anyone a hug, <laughs> I'd come out just a sweaty, minging mess. I think a lot of us were a sweaty, minging mess mm. by the end of it. Was it very Moorish? It's lovely, that. Really nice. Do you like it more than the Balvenie? I think it's two very different drums, to be you honest. Know, I'm amazed at how different they are for being right beside If I was in a bar and I hadn't had any drums, I'd probably go for the Balvenie because it's, it's sort of like... It just, it just goes, Balvenie! I'm a Balvenie! <laughs> Whereas the Glenfiddich, it's more subtle. It's maybe sort of like something you'd have before a meal, whereas the Balvenie you'd have after a meal. Balvenie you would have because you're having something spicy, because you needed something to go along with the kick of whatever it is you're having. Like the tacos we had tonight. They were lovely. Mm. That's what I'm surprised at, is the Glenfiddich has still got quite a, st- a distinct flavour having had the stronger Balvenie. I was a bit worried that I was just going to taste the exact same stuff, but I'm not. Right, okay. So I'm struggling to go faster on this. Well, take your time. You can't rush these things. Well, I didn't rush running through the distillery, that's for sure. There was duck ponds. Did you get the smell since you went through them all? I did. Yes, but also there was somewhere where I got the smell of the biofuels, so I didn't stop for a walk there at all because it was stinky. Can't remember uh, where that there was. was a biofuel, so it was one of the distilleries. It'll be a byproduct. Mm-hmm. I can't remember all the, the. I don't know. It was a bit of a blur. You got the, I forget. I did all this stuff at uni as well. Yeah, but you've had a draft. No, I was running a marathon then. Would you recommend this one? Yes. So yeah, I, I would, would go. Actually. I would go. I never used to. Eight. I used to think it was kind of boring. Or even an eight and a half for the Balfenny out of ten. And I'll go I'm not seven and a half, eight out for the Glenfiddich. I'm not rating them. There are many other drams I would have before both of them. Many, many. But I wouldn't complain if I was offered that. If I was given it, I would go, well, like I was, I was given it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You paid the entry fee. So I'm not going to complain. And I've got another one sitting there, listeners. So, ha ha ha. Right, we ready? Right, next dram. Call in the random dram generator. <laughs> oh, can't find it. Oh, that was us. Oh. <laughs> Here we have the Glen Farkless 10. Now, I didn't try the 10. We have had the 10 before, mm-hmm. but we didn't. I When I got Listen, in the we were company, there on the night before signing in and registration, hence the picture of the chandeliers from Instagram. Beautiful, beautiful place to sign in. They've just they've done it up really nice. There was a lot of history that I didn't read because I was quite nervous. I was just asking for my ticket thing. It's another uh, independent one as well. Yes. Which I like. I like the independent And the ones. staff were really lovely. And then I realised Richard had sidled up to the tasting bar. Dudes. There was dudes. And I was drinking a couple of drams before the whiskey. Whereas I'm totally teetotal. Totally. Right, give me the bottle. It's kind of... <laughs> They have this lovely still outside. It's massive. And it's got quite a round still. And then with a wee round kink to the top of it. We were it? Someone was saying, Michael said it looked there. reminded him of something. I can't remember what it was. Well, I'm sure Michael can remember. Any... It's very picturesque up there. It's a different kind of atmosphere because it's way higher up. And it's heathery. And there's not very many trees there. It kind of reminded me a wee bit of Caithness because of the lack of trees. Yeah, Just, very moorlandish yeah. and heather moors. Yeah, I, was, I think maybe that part of it I feel at home. But, now I know we've had this before. Uh, well, the, So the, the 
bottle itself is supposed to look like the still. So it's got the fluted neck. That's right, the guys told me loads of stuff, but I was like too busy drinking the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> they were really nice. Yeah, so it's just quite a plain bottle. I'm not too sure if they normally do a miniature in this or this one's been put in specially for No, I think that's a normal miniature, it's a tandu right. that isn't. Well it's it's not mega fancy. It's got a it's quite a nice little miniature label. says Glen Farkless with her distinctive logo. Ten year old Highland single malt. It's got a picture which that looks exactly well a picture of the distillery with the hills yeah. in the background, which is pretty much what we saw. Probably a few too many clouds in that drawing though. Yeah, for what we saw. Yeah. And distilled and bottled by J and G Grant, Glenfarkless Distillery, Speyside, Scotland, product of Scotland, forty percent volume, fifty percent mills. Doesn't say drink responsibly in this no. bottle. Well, let's love get flashed at it. What the colour? The colour? Well, the colour in that. It's Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh again, eh? I think Winnie the Pooh was on holiday to the not Hundred Acre Woods, but the woods around Speyside. Smell first. Oh, yum. That smells just like it. Honey but without the vanilla. fear. Honey and vanilla. Honey and vanilla. I wonder if my fear at that point of the night made my senses smell. Weird. I'm in love with that smell. Oh, it's just gorgeous. It smells like sweeties. Mm. But nice, nice caramel sweeties. sweeties. No, no. Sweetie shop. No, refined sugar sweeties that you do in a marathon. Oh, I think we put ourselves at least a good few steps closer on the <laughs> diabetic scale. Mm. I th- <laughs> if any of you are doctors and know about that, that would be quite an interesting topic to talk about, wouldn't yeah. it? Because whilst you're getting fit and doing exercise and your heart's pumping, mm. you're feeding so much crap in your body. Yeah. Well, unless you're an ultra runner and then they just eat cake. Sounds fun. It's a lovely thing. It's gotten a lot lighter when you added the water. Oh, are we getting into Barbie? Ooh, Barbie. Territory here? Mm. No, I just see Winnie the Pooh has fallen in the spee. Oh, this is the elixir of life. That's just top the scale. Do you know there was people drinking, they were giving out drams before... I missed all that. I think you had to go in. Some people were going in for the toilet. We were just queued for the portaloos and some people just went behind the building. Not me, Your Honour. I waited in the queue. There's all the Caithness cubs lined up <laughs> against the hedge. <laughs> oh dear, you can take the boys out of Caithness, but you can't take the Caithness out of the boy came down the bank and he fell and he did like a perfect rolling breakfall. Was he okay? He was. I said, you all right? And he went, oh, I'm fine now. Oh dear. He was lucky because he was going at some speed. I think there was a lot of nerves there. Myself, Brian, Michael and Neep. If you find them. yourself in Speyside, I would recommend the Glenfarkless Distillery. Mm. They're just really friendly staff. They all they were saying that they liked it. And then when we were down in Aberlour later, we were speaking to a guy in the bar. Yeah, and, and he was a supplier to that distillery. And he was friends with the sons that, of the guy that the family that owned it and he was going to introduce us but we were kind of keen to get back yeah we were tired by then so. wouldn't have been much crack but also in the bar that that mashed turn in Aberlour good burgers by the way they had a wall of whiskey which you'll also see on my Instagram because I just thought it was pretty interesting it was all in alphabetical order and then on one side of the wall which I thought was quite interesting because there is the Aberlour Whiskey Distillery in Aberlour, but we it was on the wrong side of the road, so we didn't go through that. And we didn't get any of it either. But there was on the wall of this pub, Glenfarkless Whiskies in 
date order. Every year back into the 50s. Mm. I think it's 54. Does no, it was 53. The last year that was working there, she said the 53, a 35-millilitre nip, which is a, a hefty dram mm. when you think near 50. Mm. And it's a 35, so you're looking at over half a one of them. Mm. was £1,800. Wow. And in my year, 1973, it was £260. But that guy that we were speaking to from Glenfarclas said he'd actually tasted that 53. Aye. And he said it was divine. Because I was expecting him to say, oh no, it was minging, never ever bother. But he really rated it. Aye. So you were chattering away. Can you remember much about what they said? Yeah. Make it up then. Well, I was too busy thinking about burgers and chips and salt. Mm-hmm. No, in a distillery. Oh, the distillery guys. I was just talking, and they just give me, they gave me the, the 15, and then they gave me some 105, and you were at my head going, oh, just make you give me a small one, give me a small one. I said, wee man, give me a decent size What's drum. 105? I mean... I think it's a, a special, they do. I know it's cask strength. We'll it, do that it, another it time. It was like liquid Christmas pudding. Well, this lovely. is not far off Christmas yeah. pudding. This is something that you'd have maybe as a dessert. Really nice. Quite sprightly, though. Mm. Refreshing. Mm. I don't feel like running a marathon on it, but I'm sure it would actually help at the I start. Would give it a shot. Give it going up that hill at the start. I'm sure I've run further. Who are we having for a dram for that one? Oh, I don't know. Can, oh, I know. Can we have call three? <laughs> Original call. Original call three. You better explain. Uh, Michael Eakin is our Neebs. He's our friend from Wick and he. Uh, did the Braveheart Triathlon as part of Richard's team and they were the Caithness Culls which is a Caithness word for person in fact I even think it's a wick word I thought it was for a gadget. I don't know mm. this is not Caithness words I knew oh, right, okay. anyway maybe it is <laughs> so he was the runner and he was out third at the way Graham as the spinner he was called one handsome call here <laughs> call two Richard on the bike. And Once named, never tamed. Nike, Neep, Neep, or Michael, as call three. And he is good company. Original call. And I was actually, I was really pleased to see him beforehand because he kind of calms the nerves, sort of puts yourself in the place. And he's as mad as a box of frogs. But he's just but in a nice way. Really lovely. Yes. So this one was for you, Michael. I was sad not to actually hear you shouting at me at the end, but things happened. He's now collecting calls. You're, <laughs> the, you call, want, you're the call coordinator. I'm a call coordinator. Right. right. So, would you recommend the Glenfarclas 10? Very much so. I loved that. That was lovely. I think I would just recommend Glenfarclas full stop. Yes. Any Glenfarclas. Yes. Right. Excellent. So, would you like to <laughs> take the next drum, please? The random drum generator. Yes. <laughs> Don't drop them. What have we got here? Ooh. Now, this is a spurious one, listeners. This is... Can you pass it? Because I can't read it out for me. You're moving it around. Loch Lomond whiskies, age 12, a single malt. I can't read Cheapers, it. Cheapers, it's 46%. Oh, my goodness, listeners. Five centiliters, distilled bottled in Scotland. Must be interesting, this. It's carefully <laughs> matured in American oak. It's got so that might be bourbon, then. Another stag. So, it's just the bog-standard little bottle... Hold, Hold up it to up. the light, though. Oh, go on then, Jack. That's a Chewbacca colour. We've not had one of them yet. Yeah. Now, 
We never went anywhere near Loch Lomond, unless there's another Lomond up in Speyside. I think it's part of the family of distillers, whoever that's be. sponsored. It must be. Aye. We will thank you. It's got a black screw top. Right, sniff. See, this is one I don't think I've ever had. Mm. Can I have a sniff? Yeah. Different smell. Totally different smell. Oh, it's quite peaty, actually. I'm getting peaty. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> oh. At least we'll have something different to see about area this time. That's very dark in the glass, too. Is this as Chewbacca's getting older? I think it's grey when he gets older. <laughs> How old are you anyway? I'm 200 and something. You look good for that age. <laughs> and you want a wee smell? Yes, please. Put the water oh no, I'm not getting peat now. Toffee? I don't know, it's just turning into whiskey after whiskey now. No, I'm getting toffee. Yeah. I'm hoping this is turning a bit funnier for you listeners. <laughs> it looks like a rabbit with his nose twitching there. Right, that's quite sharp. It's obviously the old. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting sort of sweetness of toffee there. Are you right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> I think we'll get some more water. So this is a 12-year-old, last one being 10. Um, cheers. Sounds back. Sounds back. Well, four. This is number four, right? Well, well you're going to have to choose who we're having for this one. Oh, am I? Yeah. Oh, I might have my, my granddad and my mum's side then, because on the theme of Norwegian chill, yeah. my granddad was quite... Specialised in his activities during the war. Oh well, if you're having him, I'm going to have my granddad's brother James, who died on the first day of the song. Yeah, I know. The Northumberland. We toast. It's getting yeah, to that time of year as well. Yeah, it sure is. Can tell the difference in the makeup of it. Yeah. Although I don't know if I'd have him for this drama, listeners. I think I'll probably say just stay for the Glenfarclas. Great uncle. Oh, very different. Oh yeah, sweet. Oh, I'm not a fan. You're not? Mm. Oh, I like that. I would never be able to pick that one out. I think that needs more water. Is there more water left? So right, he's got a bit more water and it's a little bit more palatable, but sorry, yeah. great Uncle James, I'd have you for something else instead of this one. Well, we'd have a bottle of one fartless in the back pocket. Mm. The nose in it, it's very, I've got kind of toffee kind of smell. Mm-hmm, but the taste? But the taste I'm getting the kind of sweetness now and it's more, mm, I'm getting the, the sort of that was American oak, then quite likely to be kind of... Mm, yeah, it's kind of like a, a tune to American oak type uh, of whiskey. However, there's more to say about Loch Lomond as an area. Aye. We weren't anywhere near Loch Lomond. We used to live near Loch Lomond. We did, and it is beautiful. Apart from all the people. Well, yeah. Well, I like to say that. Uh, yes, because you like to not have uh, many people around you, and that's yeah. part of your beauty, dear. But there are parts of Loch Lomond area that you can go where there are no people. I remember going into Abothy on the side, of, going up my cycling up the West Island Way. Mm-hmm. And it's Bothy in the middle of nowhere. I hadn't seen another human for a, probably a good while, lots of miles, a few hours maybe. Came to this Bothy and then I could hear people talking and this mad mountain of a guy. He, he, he leant down to get out the doorway <laughs> and he looked up at me, the big hairy guy, he looked like Grizzly Adams. And he looked at me and went, you want tea? Aye. <laughs> I went, okay. <laughs> so I went in, I had to yarn with these, these three lads. It was brilliant. What's really? a bothy, for those that don't know? A bothy is, uh, well, it's, they're operated by the, the Mountain Bothy Association. They are huts, buildings, old crofts, cottages. Basically, I guess it's a rule of thumb, wind and water tight, but derelict. Mm-hmm. And they're unlocked and left for people to stay and sleep and if they're going travelling, trekking, walking, hill walking, climbing, mountaineering. 
Cycling even. And that's up the east side of Loch Lomond. That's right, aye. Up which east. is the West Highland Way. Yes. Which travels from Milgai at the south. Aye. Up into Fort William at the north. That's correct. Does it, how many lochs does it go up? Is it just Loch Lomond and then uh, three glens? Well, it goes into Loch Leven. Because mm-hmm. you go in by Loch Leven. Mm-hmm. And you cut off again, you go into, you don't really touch Loch Lomond until you get to Fort William. However, that's it's a whole different event. That's like Braveheart. This was not the Dramathon. I'm not sure why we've got this, but I'm going to drink it. Mm-hmm. It might be that this is the fourth drama, and it might be swaying my opinion, but I, I would have that again. Don't dislike it, I just think the other ones are much nicer. i tell you what I would like to drink. What? It's the Ben Nevis. We'll need to get some of that at some point. Yes, but also, I have had Ben Nevis, but it was sold to me as cooking whiskey by the Culls at No Fuss Events when we did the Relentless. <coughs> well, you see, when I first read about the drama thing, I thought, surely they're not going to give you a drama as you go round. And probably a good job they didn't. I wouldn't have survived. It's no way he's doing that. It's probably, probably going to do bad things to your heart. Okay for a 10k, aye. I do for a 10k. I'll be a crack. I would be crack. Well, I've seen you running on whiskey when you did the uh, Dorary Dash. Yeah, was a mile up and a mile down. You were ready to fight the county. No, I was, I was super fast on the way down. It you was were. hilarious. And then I got to the bottom. And it's that way where you've had a drink and nobody else has and they're all sober. And you're trying to pretend that you're sober and I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> You do such a good job of it as well. <laughs> okay, right. would Very you recommend that? Eh, it's different. Would, but would you recommend it? Yeah, I would actually. I would, I would say, of the four we've got sitting there, it would be my fourth choice, but... Just fourth, we'll listeners. But... Okay. I would, I would drink that again, I would. I would give it to somebody else because it's there's other things to drink. Okay. It's not unlikable, it's just... Fourth. Okay. Poor, I feel sorry for it now. It's unique. And it's I'm sorry, Loch Lomond. No, it's unique. You're and a very flighty place. And you know, by yon bonny bag and by yon bonny breeze on the steep, steep side of Ben Lomond, where me and my true love will never meet again. Yeah. On something, something, something. Because you'll take the highway. Couldn't you? Oh, look. <laughs> if only you could take a picture. <laughs> the, what's it called? The grab? The claw. The claw. The claw. We have descended into drunkenness, listeners. Grab one. We've right. got two left. A random, random dram generator. <laughs> <laughs> Can't reach. Hold on. Oh. Oh. <gasps> oh. <laughs> yes. Now, listeners, this is our. We've done this before. Do you want me to read? Well, no, give it here. This is my bit. Get your own. Right, this is the monkey shoulder. In fact, it's just monkey shoulder. There's no the. And this is batch 27. Smooth and rich. Blended malt scotch whiskey. Oh, this is going to hurt. Bottled in... I can't see that. And inspired by malt men who still turn the malting barley by hand. Something, something is blended, and you can make this up as you go along. In small batches of three fine space-side malt, single malts, and then married to achieve a something, something taste. Because the something, something is all in Do you want me to gold. translate for the Neds? Yeah, please. Five centiliter, and it's 40% alcohol. It is a lovely, lovely oh. tube bag of colour. 
I think Chewbacca needing a, a bit of anemic Chewbacca. Uh, or, or a really or a sun... dirty sunburnt Winnie dirty the Pooh. Dirty Winnie the Pooh. He's a dirty Winnie the Pooh. But it's a lovely squishy soft... It's not soft. It's a lovely squishy round bottle. Uh-huh. I can't read the bits in gold writing. I would say... I would fail without the glasses on. Go and look at the website. It's oh, fantastic. Yeah. It's got little monkeys running over it. Don't be a drunken monkey. Drink responsibly. Sorry. Sorry. And monkey swing shoulder. by monkeyshoulder.com. Yeah, you should. If you've not been on that website, it doesn't matter if you don't like whiskey, just go on it because the monkeys play. It's good fun. And I love monkeys. Now, I would quite like to know which blends it, uh, it was from. Do you remember? Yeah. What does it say? No. No. I'd look it up, I can't remember. Because at the time, I probably would have been like, oh, well, that's part of Monkey Shoulder. That's part of Monkey Shoulder. And that's part of Monkey Shoulder. Because there was a few distilleries listeners. We've yeah, got no drams from. Where the, the Monkey Shoulder term comes from. Go on then. A malt man's skill is demonstrated as he turns the maltings barley by hand. Years ago, some malt men would develop a strain injury known as Monkey Shoulder. Thankfully, the condition no longer exists. Well, that's good. That's because of automation, because they've yes. removed the... Well, that's true. Open. Right, colour we've done. Yeah. Hmm. It's... Aniseedy? Yeah, I'd say so. Floral? No, whiskey. Whiskey. Jenny, Winnie the Pooh colour. Right. We really like monkey shoulders. So, we might as well just skip to... Would you recommend this? Yes. Yes, yes we'd recommend this. <laughs> if you're in somewhere and there are... Drams, you can't remember. Go for a monkey shoulder. It's quite a popular one now. You see, quite. I mean, it's it's priced in the same price bracket as this. Uh, mm. The the bottom end. Oh, it smells toffee. It smells tasty. It smells good. It smells good. There is a sharpness to it, but I think that's because you've not got any water in it. Can you put me a drop of water, yeah. please? Not too much, I think, for this one. Danko. Vanjava, who you having? Michael Sutherland, I think. Excellent. Because. He is a malt man who works in Old Pulteney. He was like a wee boy. Oh, he was. He? Him and Elizabeth, they're just a lovely couple. Michael, he was like a wee boy going round all the time. Ah, he was so excited. Yeah. He was brilliant. But it was really good how he knew. Aye. And you were sort of excited because he was excited. Aye. It's, it's, it's infectious. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's a very infectious kind of guy. And you always want him to do well as well as Elizabeth. So it was nice to see them. What? I don't think they've invented a word that defines how nice that is. It's sweet. I think I like the sweeter dram, actually. This is a Speyside malt, so we're back up at the Dramathon. We've come back from Loch Lomond. Thankfully, we didn't have to run there. We just went there in our imagination. I've run upside Loch Lomond. Yeah, but not on Saturday. And I wouldn't have thanked you for all this drinking on Saturday. In fact, I fell asleep at 8 o'clock. <laughs> You were a barrel of laughs. I wasn't. <laughs> Very easy to drink. There is a sort of tanginess about it, though. Yeah, there is. I don't know whether it needs just to drop more water. Okay. Who are, are you having Michael as well? Michael yeah. and Elizabeth. Well, I'll have... Might as well have Brian as well. Brian. Mm. I kind of wished I'd remembered about this and knew which distilleries it came from. Because then I could have been like a little bit less. I hate you, distillery, because I'm running around the back of you and... I can love you now because you are made of monkey shoulder. Right, so my memory is just, oh, flashback. It comes from three Speyside malts. <laughs> you really don't know which ones they are. Can't remember. <laughs> the internet didn't tell me. That's shock. 
I, I do like that. I'm getting a right warm, rosy glow though. Mm. Look at them empty bottles. It's shocking. Mm. Okay. But the area is very, very beautiful. Very nice. I can't say that enough. It was just absolutely stunning in autumn. With all only, the trees. The only thing I would say... What? It's a bit too far inland from the sea. Yeah, but we're only there for a night. I know. Or two. But I get that kind of itchy. Yeah. I know, but we knew we were coming back to get the sea. So, last random generator of drams, well, This please. one isn't quite so random. This is the one I've been dying to try because you can't oh. get this one as a miniature. Oh, this is the first one we went to, wasn't it? Yes. The Tamdu. And that's where the... They had the bottles and they spilt some, didn't they? Yeah. Bottle in it. yeah we were speaking to the organiser when we were at the Braveheart and he was saying about the Tamdu, they don't do miniatures, but they still wanted to give some whiskey. So they had to decant lots and lots of this into all the whiskey. Now, I don't know if everybody got the Tamdu because there was the Tengi got so much I'm not sure how many but the half marathon got four and the full marathon got six miniatures and we worked out that there was 400 paid marathoners and 300 and about 90 turned up and 993 overall competitors registered a bit more than that no it was about just under a thousand just under a thousand overall so, but then there was some wouldn't have turned up and some wouldn't some have finished. Some didn't turn up and some didn't finish. It was a low not finishing rate, which was really good. There was 10 marathoners that didn't finish, and unfortunately, one of our harriers was one of them. And, and we're going to dedicate this last round to her. This is for you, Mel, if you're listening. Kicking call. Kicking call, who currently... Once named, never tamed. Bless her. Now, Mel has trained really hard to get to the marathon stage. She's done one before, but she was so excited about doing this. And then the week before, she did, she kicked up and stubbed her toe or something. But she managed to break her metatarsal, her fifth metatarsal. She didn't know that at the start. No, she, she thought didn't. she just uh, hurt herself, staved her toe or something. Yeah. Which which is easy done. I think a lot of people do. That. Yeah, and she she was she wasn't limping or anything. And I got to eight miles because she's a bit faster than me, but not as fast as you. So she was kind of in between us. And I got just past eight miles. We'd gone past our distillery. I can't remember which one. And bless her heart, she was coming the other way, very upset, obviously, limping. And I just thought, is she coming to run with me? She's obviously not going to make her time, so maybe she's just coming to run with me. This will be good. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is not looking good. So she was limping back, and she was in pain. She, could, she said she couldn't load bear on it. Turns out she'd broken it. And she was going back to the marshal to get a lift back to the start, so she did a do not finish. <sighs> so it was really, really sad. It was sad. She's taken it well. She has. She's amazing. She's very, uh, very upbeat and positive. Yeah. And it shows the mark of a person. Exactly. So this one is the Tamdu, and it doesn't have what the bottle would be normally. It's just a little miniature bottle. It Wait, actually, let's, be, let's be fair, like anything in there. It looks a bit like something that you'd pee into perfectly honest white bottle it's obviously a label that they've printed off and stuck on and I was speaking to one of the organisers and he says it stunk when they were doing that (laughs) all hail the organisers for doing all this whiskey stuff so the it's just a boring little bottle it's like a little pill bottle Um, so it's not the normal one colour in it 
is we're back to Winnie the Pooh, I would say. Yeah, it's pretty space icon in colour. So you open any Barbies? No Barbies. Mm. No Barbies in space side, obviously. They're a dirty bunch. <clears throat> Does it smell? Yeah, it smells of pee. Doesn't. But it doesn't smell of much. It doesn't have much of a, a nose to it, does it? No. So this is where... I think this was the first distillery we came to. After Glenfarbus. Yes. Yeah. And I think this is where the first really went. So this was not where the half marathon went from. So this was obviously the... In between. In between. This is... This, this is 8 kilometre in. Not really changed colour. I can't remember now. Legs are not quite good. Are they? Aye, but I, I, people say it's good and bad, don't they? Well, there's more to smell now. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Toffee? Nutty toffee. Yeah, nutty toffee. Nougat. Oh, it's quite strong, isn't it? I'm getting there. Five centilitre, 40% alcohol. Please drink responsibly. Oh, I hate how they put that on. We shouldn't That's have... the last one, so... <laughs> if we're not going to direct the house now, then we'll be all right. We'll okay. All right. So, put a drop of water... Just love the smell of that. It's a really it's nice a lovely, smell. Lovely smell. Melt, you're in for a treat. I don't know if Mel actually drinks whiskey. It's like right, colouring glass. Oh. Oh, it's got very much lighter. But yeah, but it's not quite Barbie. It's, it's just a clean Winnie the Pooh. I'm holding it against Magnolia paint. Alright, Slange. So this is for your Mel. Ooh. Different. Different. Sharper. I'm smelling squirrels. <laughs> and London buses. Red ones. Red squirrels. Tell us about the red squirrels. There was a sign coming down into the Ballandalic fancy castle, which you can go visit at some points, and it had a sign saying, Caution, red squirrels. And I'm thinking, what is the collective noun for red squirrels? Is it a flock? No, that's birds. Is it... And it was, oh, this is so pretty. There's little leaves falling out. That's quite sore. I actually had a leaf or a bit of twig fall in my head at one point but it wasn't there but that point was my highlight of the entire marathon because it was three miles in and it was just beautiful really really beautifully kept going downhill I was actually on tarmac at the time can't ask for anything more than that it may have been a dray of squirrels oh a scurry of squirrels oh it would have been scurry I didn't see it. or any. a colony of squirrels I quite like a cull of squirrels <laughs> can we have a cull of squirrels cull of squirrels <laughs> That's you, you're a squirrel. They, right. they weren't there though, they were away on having a, a meeting with the otters <laughs> between the mound and Galsby. <laughs> I didn't see any otters either. I often see a lot of wildlife because I'm out by myself, either at the back of the pack or just by myself. Oh, by myself. And it wasn't by myself, there was somebody oh, was all the hunters. time. It was hunters. Thousands. Almost a thousand, almost a thousand. I tell you what I did when I was running along and you're quite high up looking down at the river and the sunshine was glinting into the, the pools. Mm. I always saw a salmon jump or something jump. Oh, did you? I was looking yeah. for salmon movement. I was looking for fish movement in, I the, was looking in the pools, for but I didn't see any. Kingfishers as well. It's a bit disappointing. Oh, no, we were running down in Dunkeld. Yeah, I was looking for kingfishers. We seen for kingfishers, yeah, mm. they were lovely. But I did see a salmon jump and the guy behind me saw it as well because we both went, Do you see that? <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> but running across the bridges, I didn't like that because they moved. It was okay if you were on your own because you could pace yeah, your but legs. Nobody but then someone else started running in the whole. Mm. It was like galloping gear mm. with the natural oscillations. 
Right, so we're having mail for this one. Mm-hmm. What tunes were you listening to? Well, it was random. So I had Black Sabbath, Ian Brown, Mumford and Sons, which I do quite well on, the old bit of ACDC, and thankfully the Woody Guthrie stuff had come off. Where it should never leave me with an MP3 player. Oh, oh and there was the odd music, but not enough to keep right. me going. Well, I, I listened to... I started off listening to some Primal Scream, mm, mm, mm. and then I listened to some Shadowlands. Oh, they were good. One to another came on. I was topping along to that. Then I kind of I did the first ten k. I should have actually had it a different way around, but I did the first ten k with tunes, and then the next sort of ten fifteen k without. We should be really talking about the drink. Chasing status. I don't know if they came on. And somebody else. See, I was listening to Sandy's MP3 oh, player. Oh, massive attack! And his MP3 player's been through the washing machine, right. and it works, but you can't. You have to basically start it and just Works go. under its own terms and conditions. You can go forward and you can go back, but you cannot skip. Mm. And then I finished off with just the last two distilleries, the music. Oh. And there's a tune, Take the Long Road and Walk It. Mm-hmm. And I start and it's really a kicking up. It is. It's a decent, decent tune. Rinsed up one. And, and I came round and I heard them all starting to cheer because I had it quite down low. I don't like listening to music loud. I had it really high at one point. And... Uh, <laughs> And they started kicking into the like the really really gnarly beats, and I had to take my earphones out because everyone was cheering me as I came on the oh. wee bit. That was fine. Right, so anyway, that's us. That's us. Um, All six I would have that again. That Tam do. It's more of a nicer taste than. No, I'm, I'm, it's okay. It's okay, but it's certainly not as nice as the Monkey Show though. No. Or the Glenfarquhar, no. or the Balvenie, or the Glenfiddich. Meh. The Lomond and I, I would say a vine for. No, I would have the Glenfergus and the Monkey Shoulder, then the Tamdu, then the Glenfiddich, then the Balvenie, and then the Loch Lomond. Oh, cool. So, any of them. I very much enjoyed them all, actually. They've all been good crack. Yeah, yeah. It was an amazing day. Mm. I still can't get over that I've done a marathon. When you started running, you said, I'll never do anything. I like never that. really wanted to do a marathon. I said that as well, though. Because somebody said to me, oh, I've always wanted to do that. And I looked and I went, I don't actually want to do it. Why am I doing it? But it just seems a natural progression to do for now. Yeah, it's all your fault, Hamper and Ross, because when Richard decided I was going to do Marathon, which I had no intention of doing, you both, I can't remember who it was, said, do something that's interesting, do something that'll keep you motivated. And this one did, because it was doing for whiskey. It was an off-road trail event. It wasn't like the London one does not do it for me. Doesn't mean I'd like to see I've done it. But I don't. I don't know. I, I think people, the people. Too many people. I think the spectators probably the cheering on, but the actual running of it. I tarmac is not tarmac. Your friend. Well, it kind of I did the training on tarmac, but I did it on quiet roads. Mm. And I noticed when I came back in the twenty four and I came into work and the noise of the traffic just threw me. And there was people, and I, was, oh, I don't really want to run past people when I'm looking like this. Not that I'm bothered what I look like when I'm running because I'm a sweaty mess. You were kind of in a bubble on the Dramathon, and you were with your gang of what speed you run at. And I said that to Doogie Vipont, <laughs> what's going to help you? And I said, well, actually running with people. Even though I wasn't actually listening to them, they were still there because I run at a speed up here that not that many people do run at. And often you're all by myself. You finished, you finished. And I finished, and I finished with friends. No, it was good. 
Excellent. Right. We're done. Thank you, Val. Thank you, Val. Sign-ups for the Ramathon should open, I think it was the 1st of January last year. So, yeah, you too can do this. My finish time, for those that are interested or competitive to see how you compare and contrast against me, is 5 hours 29. I think I could have done it faster because I did do some walking, but, well, that was my time and I finished. The measure of the drams. Scotland has a bigger gill size to the English gills. We could maybe look into that when I do the Matrix episode. I was thinking about it, but this episode is very low. Shoppy section. Shoppy section. The shop currently has a Macmillan, a tartan, a red tartan, and a silk scarf in it, because I was looking at it today. If you feel you would like to contribute to my continued run of the podcast and get stuff back as well, then please go visit www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash Craft. Or you can support the podcast getting out back, but the podcast, because this does take time, then if that's your want, then it is paypal.me forward slash Craft. I'm happy to review patterns, books, notions or yarns. If you're in that line, please don't be shy. Blah, 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 You're still here. Thank you so much for listening. I very much appreciate you taking the time to download and then listen to me splaff on. I like to add that the opinions are mine and sometimes Richard's and I do occasionally get facts wrong, even with research, but I try not to and I don't do it on purpose. My email is caithnesscraftcollective at gmail.com. I'm on Ravelry as Louise Hunt. The group is the Caithness Craft Collective on there. Etsy, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram and Facebook as Caithness Craft. You can get the podcast from Podbean site as www.caithnesscraftcollective.podbean.com and hello all my Podbean subscribers. Thank you for listening and this one's for you Celia. Keep on crafting.